Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Now, if you're looking for a new challenge, perhaps applying for our Masters in Social Innovation programme could be just what you're looking for. The deadline for applications is the 31st of March. I spoke to Dr Neil Stott and Professor Paul Tracy, who are the co-directors of the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. Neil is also the programme director for the Masters. Both of them teach on it. I began by asking them what social innovation is. Neil, are you going first or am I going first? You're going first. I'm going first. Social innovation means to me is, on one level, it's simply about an effective approach uh, to a social problem uh, or a newer effective approach to the social problem. But we know that a key task of the social innovator is actually to frame and convince and persuade other people that that problem exists and that their solution in inverted commas that they have to that problem uh, is, is a viable one. So I see, on, I see this on two levels. On one level, it, we can think of it quite simply as uh, an effective or new solution uh, to a social problem. And then on a second level, it's about the way in which the social innovator convinces, persuades uh, key stakeholders that this problem is important and should be addressed. And that the way that they are thinking about it, the social innovators thinking about it, is a good way of doing that and they should support it. So in other words, Social innovation is the development of creative and practical solutions to complex social problems. And obviously social innovators are the individuals or groups who are focused on making social change and creating social impact. And the organizational forms they use is myriad. It could be a cooperative, it could be a social enterprise, it could be within the corporate or a public body. There's no fixed organizational forms. I think that's a very important point. You know, I think a lot of people associate social innovation uh, with social enterprise. Some people think about it connected to maybe CSR, but I think both Neil and I would would see it as a potentially applicable to, to almost any type of um, organizational form. So it's much broader than the nonprofit sector or social enterprise. So leading on from that, how then, in your opinion, has living through global challenges such as the pandemic, such as climate crisis, how has that changed how social innovation should be or is being delivered? I mean, if you think, think about it, the, the idea of social innovation in the contemporary sense is relatively new. Let's say 15 years. OK, it's a much older concept. It, it emerged after the French Revolution, but it sort of dropped off uh, the radar. So. It's an emerging set of ideas, it's an emerging set of practices, but it builds upon, you know, a century plus of previous people trying to make social change. Um, so if you like, it's, it's a form of bricolage of ideas, of practices, and of ways of thinking about the world. I think we saw with the pandemic a couple of things happen. One is that you know, lots of people began to see themselves as social innovators that, I mean, even didn't necessarily use the term, but they, they saw themselves as having a, a kind of a social role or a social function in a way they might not have done before, especially in the very early days of the, the, the pandemic. We saw companies, corporations in particular, 
changing and developing services uh, to address immediate needs uh, in, in the crisis, which was, which was really interesting. And then more broadly, I mean, this idea of, of purpose and the purpose of an organization, I mean, that's been bubbling around for obviously quite a while, but I think it really was accelerated through the pandemic. So the discourse around purpose and purposefulness and organizations, particularly in the corporate sector, but not only, um, really accelerated. And what you see now is a lot of companies asking themselves the question much more explicitly, what are we for? And that purpose often has a social component. I think the pandemic has influenced that somewhat, that, that, that change. Would you agree with that, Neil? Uh, to a point. So I think yes. But I think still think that, you know, climate change is probably a bigger driver for changing attitudes at the moment. Um, and I think the biggest uh, wake-up call of the pandemic, for better or worse, is a re-emergence in the role of the state in people's lives. Now, for many of us, it never went away. It's always there. It's like a backdrop, you know. But you know, a lot of people, including academics, had assumed the state was just a bit player now, you know, compared to the the might of global corporations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the state, quite clearly, took a very significant role during the pandemic and clusters of states, like I said, for better or worse. But when you start thinking about that and climate change as well, what needs to be done, these states or international bodies uh, are going to become increasingly important, I think. Yeah. And we need to work out how social innovators are going to work better within uh, and between such organisations. With the Masters in Social Innovation that Neil, you're the course director of, and Neil and Paul, you both teach on, you have the fundamentals of social innovation that you're teaching. Bearing in mind with everything that's gone on in the last couple of years and how you've had to adapt to deliver your programme, what is it now then that makes the Masters in Social Innovation unique? Unique is a, is a, big, is a big word, isn't it? So I think, I mean, we may not be unique, but we do do something that's pretty special. I think what we do, and we've done this since day one, is bring together people committed to social change from a wide variety of backgrounds and places across the globe and ages and everything else into a room to try and think about key issues and learn, if you like, how to, um, well, to think about them, think about solutions to them, but thinking about working together. This working together bit is probably the hardest thing uh, and the biggest challenge that we face collectively as humans, we don't play nicely. Organizations don't always play nicely together. So those debates I think are really important uh, in, in our masters. I think there's one other thing that's quite distinct about the masters as well, and, and distinct about, you know, in relation to a lot of business school offerings in general, is that we don't claim to offer a set of tools uh, that will provide the answers to all the deep-rooted social problems in the world. So the, what the Masters of Social Innovation is about is providing a way of thinking about the social world, about social problems, about what they are, why some are considered more important than others, um, and about um, why some solutions have developed more than others. And of course, yes, how to uh, implement and drive those forward. But it's, it's, it's a way of thinking. I mean, people should not apply to the Masters if they want the answer to a particular social problem that they have. 
because that's not, not that's not what we would claim to give people. What we'll give people is a way or, or, or a, a way of thinking about that problem, new ways of thinking about that problem um, and approaches to developing it uh, that could be really useful in a practical sense. So I think that's a really distinctive aspect. In addition to what Neil said around, you know, this is about people across different sectors of the economy, different parts of the world who may have very different perspectives about what's happening in the world or why a particular issue is problematic or not. Um, and the learning is those people coming together uh, from these very different perspectives and sharing their views and being exposed to views that maybe challenge them, that they may find uncomfortable, but from which they can ultimately learn because they're going to have to be working with people whose views they might not agree with or like as they address these deep-rooted social problems. Indeed, Paul. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, what, what I always say when I'm when talking to, to students, we, we try and do three things. We're trying to provide a really, really good critical education. That's number one. Number two, we're trying to build new knowledge around the sort of things that that's, we're all interested in. And obviously our students are based in, in, in places and with organizations that we couldn't possibly get access to. So it's, it's creating new knowledge through their research, their dissertation. And thirdly, it's building a community who will work together now and later. So it's not just about coming to, to Cambridge with us for a couple of years, it's what happens afterwards as well. You know, cohorts working together, individuals working together, people working with us, you know, in different ways as we, as, as we move forward. So we're building a, a community over time. The point about the, the research is, and knowledge creation is really important because the dissertation is 50% of the programme, the whole of the, the second year. And so people do get the chance to really delve into something that they care about and they find interesting and become expert on it, as expert or more expert than anyone else on their particular question that they're wanting to answer. How long has the programme been running again? The first cohort was 2016 entry. So in that time, what have you learned about the challenges that students generally find when they start your programme? Well, I mean, our master's is, is two years part time. So it's, it's aimed at, at people who tend to be working professionals or other things happening in their lives, be it families or, or, or whatever. So they're busy, busy people. So the, the, the challenge, obviously, is eking out time to study and to engage. Okay, it's a demanding programme. It does take time. To do it well, one has to put in significant effort. So that's, that's, that's challenge number one. Challenge number two is that many of our students may have not been to university or written an essay for quite a while. So what we try and do is, well, we offer a practice essay, which we mark, but we do put a lot of time and effort into building people's writing and academic reading skills and how to present, et cetera, because it does worry some people that I have not written an essay in 20 years. This is going to be absolutely a huge challenge to me. Paul, any others, challenges? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think those are, those are the key ones. I mean, uh, in addition to some people who have not studied for a while, because we have a range of ages in the course, there's people who maybe have a background in engineering or statistics, something like that in terms of what they studied before and so the the, the kind of social science component uh, of the, the the course can be a challenge because it's very different from the type of learning that they had uh, in, in the past and you know the prospect of writing uh, essays and writing a research dissertation that seems 
uh, very big 15,000 words it seems like a huge amount of words when you're starting but of course as you get into it you realize it's actually not enough words and the wish you the wish was way more than that but some people can feel sort of maybe a little bit intimidated by that some people can feel intimidated by the fact that they're coming to Cambridge and they think that that's scary in some way and so we you know we spend a lot of time uh, sort of reassuring people uh, and you know we're and, and helping people and supporting people and the you know the work that our students are producing is, is really you know really really great really interesting stuff so we're very pleased about that. Who should apply? What kind of person are you looking for to take on the Masters in Social Innovation? There is no mould. I mean, if you look at our, our, our students, the diversity is utterly incredible in terms of education, background, place, point in their career. There's no, there's no hard and fast rules. You know, we have students who have got PhDs. We have students who are two years into their career. It's, it's a it's a complete mix of people, which is which is great. I mean, that brings something that that, that sort of it brings a frisson to the to, to the classroom that you rarely see in other programs. There is, of course, Neil, one thing that connects these this very diverse group of people, and that is that they're really passionate about making social change. Now, some of them may be quite well into their social change projects and have done amazing things and have amazing achievements in terms of social innovation. Others may be at the beginning of their journey, they may only have an ambition, they might actually not actually be engaged in doing it. But, you know, some passion for social change, making social change, being social change, that is really important. And that, that's what binds the, in addition to, of course, the experience of students on the course, that's what binds them together, I think, that they really care about stuff, even if that stuff may be very different. Yes. So some people are at the beginning of their journey. You know, they want to learn how to engage with this sort of activity. Some people are amidst it, but want to do it better. You know, and some people have had a full career already in something else. I want to shift their emphasis into this world. I think one of the questions that we get asked a lot by prospective students is what do students do afterwards? And again, the answer to that is that there is no single path. There are many a different path and it's linked as, as, as Neil said to the point at which they're at in the social innovation uh, journey. Some people uh, are using this just to do their current role better and then to 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 make deeper or more effective social change whatever that might mean and other people uh, are using it because they do want to pivot into something a bit different and they want to have more meaning and purpose whatever that means in the work that they do. I wanted to ask about the social innovation lecture that the two of you gave last year and within it you talked about the UN SDGs you talked about social activism social justice and the research that is burgeoning from the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation when you do your research how does the findings that you come up with how does the understanding that you develop find its way into the masters as well Yes. I mean, the team at Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation engaged in a number of research projects, you know, in different parts of the world. And invariably, you see that seeping into, into our content in different, different shapes and forms. It could be a guest lecture on a particular project. It could be tweaking content. Or, you know, it is also tweaking our ideas. You know, we have a set of ideas which we developed early on about social leadership. 
you know, at the moment, in the light of climate change and other demands, we are thinking about that seriously, you know, thinking about the role of the state, et cetera, uh, and developing, hopefully, some new ideas, you know, to, to help us understand what we're all about you know, better. I think increasingly you will see, I mean, social innovation is not a one-size-fits-all, that's the first thing. You know, different people have different approaches. But there is a sort of soggy middle ground. You know, it is an acceptable con concept to many people from, you know, Vietnam, China to a big corporation. I think what you might see emerging is a more sort of ra radical bent, there may be a little more, you know, radicalness infused in, into social innovation in, in coming years. I think that the, the SDGs do provide a really nice framework for research at a very high level. Uh, and, you know, all the research that's, that people do in, in the centre, including myself, is, Neil, is connected to the SDGs in some way. But of course, uh, the SDGs are very big, broad uh, goals with many different targets associated with them. So, you know, social science is often about thinking about, you know, an SDG in, in the whole, and then thinking about how you can design a study that gets at an aspect of that, that builds a little piece of the puzzle. And that's what we try to do in our research. And that's what we try to get the students to do in their research when they do their, their dissertations. I mean, obviously, no student or academic is going to do a single piece of research that solves an SDG, but we can build new knowledge and new ways of addressing aspects of it that together builds a builds a picture. And I do think as well that like the boundaries between teaching and research are very, very blurred. So when we're developing our teaching material, we're drawing all the time on like the knowledge and the insights that we have generated through our research and our own reading. And, you know, also the, the content is in many ways co-created in the sense that we provide a framework through which to think about different social issues, SDGs and so on. But it's the students who are bringing their ideas and their experience to, to bring it to life in the classroom uh, and that also feeds into the way we teach things in, in different years and you know a lot of the stuff that you know myself and neil know about social innovation have come from things we've learned in the class teaching our students or supervising their research so i think that yeah teaching and research are intertwined in our view and you know it's not just you know me, me or neil lecturing standing at the front of people it's 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 a it's a co-created experience where we learn from from one another including you know some of the people we research you know we bring people we've spent time with in a research context into the classroom on a regular basis so they can explain how you know their their, their perspectives and how they do things which i think is another important important part of the mix and of course neil was one of my research subjects many years ago as you know pam yeah. <laughs> the world yeah, there you go. That was Dr Neil Stott and Professor Paul Tracy, the co-directors of the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. You can find out more about the centre and how to apply for our master's programme by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube.